Welcome to Music Raygun. I'm Paul Champanelli. I'm Kirk Pinchon. This is the show where we pick a musical topic and then we watch a bunch of YouTube clips about that topic. And if you go to musicraygun.com slash playlists, you'll find a playlist of all the clips so you can see everything we're talking about. Right, Kirk? That's absolutely right, Paul. Uh, Kirk, I have a couple of announcements. Oh, I'm not sure if I announced this on the last episode. If I did, I'll say it again. We're now on Instagram. Yeah, no, you didn't. I did. I didn't say. I that. don't think so. We are on Instagram. We're at Music Raygun Podcast. Some jerk got. Oh no, we did mention it. Yeah, but we we're better than this guy. Yeah, he's just. It's just a dead account. Yeah, that's fine. Our account is alive and well and, and good. beautiful mm-hmm. with wonderful pictures that Paul curates. We're also now on TuneIn. Which means we're basically on all the podcast networks I know of. <laughs> Good. We're on TuneIn. We're on Stitcher. We're on iTunes. We're on Google Play. We're on uh, Pocket Cast. It, anywhere that anybody listens to their podcasts, they can find Guys, us. Guys, you can find us is what we're saying. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and now it's time for corrections and clarifications. All right. Uh, again, I'm only correcting myself. <laughs> Good guy. No one has come to me and said, Kirk fucked up. <laughs> Good. Uh, on the disco episode, mm-hmm. again, this is going to be a couple episodes ago. Yep. But it's the most recent one at the time of recording. I said there's a character in Saturday Night Fever named Marianne. Oh. No, there's not. There's no, not at all. I no. met Doreen, Dur- yeah. played by the very great Denny Dillon. Yes. She was the one Who's like, I love to watch you dance. Yeah, that's Tony. what I... Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's the one that uh, he uh, kind of takes to the side when Disco Duck plays. Uh, and he dances uh, Disco Duck, but it got cut from the movie. Yeah. Yeah. I do like Denny Dillon. Yes. Um, who was on SNL. Uh, Fridays? I think it was SNL. Oh, no, you're right. The, it was the SNL. The first year after yeah. the original the, cast. The crap was terrible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You're right. The 1980 yeah. season. Yep. Yeah. But I always liked De- Denny Dillon. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, the rest are clarifications. Okay. We watched your video by the band GQ. Yes. And we joked about how, like, is the name of the band Gentleman's Quarterly? And I yes. said, there must be some backronym that they applied. Yep. There is indeed. <sighs> GQ stands for Good Quality. <laughs> what? I mean, why not just keep it at Gentleman's <laughs> Quarterly? <laughs> <Or> just <laughs> don't define it. <laughs> GQ. But I looked it up and they say Uh, GQ stands for good quality. That's so like it's a box of pancake mix or something. I I mean, guys, come on. Put some effort into that backronym at least. Uh, We also watched another clip. Um, The Soul Train line was to September by Earth, Wind, and Fire. And I mentioned that the woman who co wrote that song co wrote a bunch of other hits. Yes. I couldn't remember her name. And the only example I could come up with was the Neutron Dance. Yes. Her name is Allie Willis. And two other big hits, which are kind of surprises mm. based on the two we know of. And I think she co-wrote all of these, so I'm not sure to okay. what extent she was involved or the main songwriter. Yep. What Have I Done to Deserve This by the Pet Shop oh, Boys. Oh, my God. And uh, I'll Be There for You by the Rembrandts, the theme song to Friends. Oh, my God. Really? Yeah. Oh, I hate that song. <laughs> do you hate it because you hate it, or do you just hate it because you've heard it so many times in the last I hate it because songs? I hate it. I've always okay. hated it. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. What yeah. have I done to deserve this? deserve this? Good song. Yeah, you like the Pet Shop Boys? I, like I don't. The Pet Shop I, I like the Pet Shop Boys. Yeah. I'm not, I'm, uh, they're not huge influence on me, but they're always yeah, like Yeah, same with me. Yeah. West End Girls. West End Girls, song, great yeah. song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great song. Okay, so that's it for corrections right. and clarifications. Great. 
We haven't. I'm not going to say this is a new segment, but a special treat. This is a special treat. I'm, I'm really looking forward to this. We got gifts. Yay! I got sent a, a package. You know who would you guess sent it? Your uncle. It's Uncle Mark. Uncle Mark is uncle the best. Uncle Mark sent presents. He, said, he would always send me presents. I got a, I got a stack of CDs. Uh, special selections from Uncle Mark for me. But he sent a letter to describe everything, so I hope you'll indulge me while I Please. read what he had to write. He also sent me some comics, because ever since I was a little kid, he'd send me comics. He's a comic book Oh, that's guy, cool. Got me into comics. When Uncle I was Mark. Kid. Uncle Mark's cool. So this is from Uncle Mark. Howdy, Paul. And Kirk. He didn't write any. I understand. Kirk, Here's a box of pop culture stuff. Most of it's not that popular. <laughs> <laughs> that was perfect for you, Paul. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Then again, your pop music knowledge rivals that of Matt Pinfield. A stand-up comic once called me Matt Pinfield when I was sitting in the front row. (laughs) So, so, uh, so it may be in your sphere of cognizance that CDs won't provide any fodder for music ray gun. I'm sorry, that was two sentences. So it may be in your sphere of cognizance. The CDs won't provide any fodder for music ray gun. I'm hoping it isn't stuff you already have in your collection. And indeed it isn't. First, there are three pins. Oh. Grab those. One for you, Kirk, and Ms. Willard. Oh, how sweet. We're like part of a pin club mm-hmm. now. So I'll, I'll, I'll say mine first. This is a Huey Lewis in the News pin. Oh, that's a good looking one. That is really good looking. Yeah, it's cool. Wow. This is going on my back. It's got that 80s font. Oh, he said uh, you should be able to figure out, uh, figure out which ones are which. And indeed, I was able to. Katie's uh, is... This unusual logo that I don't recognize. I don't know. Her. But it's a T and an H. So I checked with Uncle uh, Uncle Mark. I said, is this for, for Talking Heads? And he said, yes. T-H oh, for Talking she Heads. She is going to love that. So I'll give that to Katie next time I see her. And uh, one for you, Kirk. Exciting. You see, it is. Oh, my God. This is more beautiful than I thought. This is uh, <laughs> Prince's 1999 album. Oh, yeah. my God. Uncle Mark. That is fantastic. Yeah. Ah. Uh, I'm really excited. So put that on I'm, your I'm, trapper keeper or your chest right on your I'll chest. I'll put it on my shirt right now. Sure, man. sure. Be all cool. So uh, Uncle Mark describes each of the CDs he sent. Um, so just, I'll just, just read. glancing, I'm like, do I know any of these? You probably know a couple of them. So I'll read his descriptions. We'll just call this selections from Uncle Mark. That's awesome. Look at that. Uh, Devendra Banhart is pretty hard to pigeonhole. Maybe he's a yacht rocker. I'm not sure. I don't think he's a yacht rocker. I don't know who this person is. You've never heard of Devendra Banhart? He's like a folky, kind of hippie, avant-garde guy who was big around like 10 or 12 years ago. Oh, okay. No. Uh, after I was in college. By the way, I'm bleeding from my pen. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> I'm a dumb. Well, that's not my fault or Uncle Mark's. <laughs> nope, that's strip, yeah. stupid Kirk. Uh, Devendra Banhart's Smoky Rolls is a pretty cool album, but certainly not the same as his many other works. Shabap Shalom is my favorite track. Los Amigos Invisibles are probably the best live performers we saw in Austin, Texas. These tunes have deep grooves and more hooks than Jimmy Houston's Tackle Box. If you don't like the disc, I bet Dancing Kirk will. <laughs> Manche and Superfucker are killer cuts, and he spelled, spelled cuts with a K. That's, cool. a, that's a great name for Superfucker. It's great. Yeah. Black Dub is a Danielle Lenoir project. It features spectacular vocals by Trixie Whitley. Lenoir is pretty much peerless in the music business. I know Danielle Lenoir because he produced uh, U2. I know the name. And uh, and Bob Dylan in the okay. 90s. But he did um, uh, the Joshua Tree album. Oh, okay. Lincoln, so he's a big producer. Right, I don't know him as a performer, though. Yeah. 
Uh, Trixie is the daughter of Nashville Alcoholics Hall of Fame singer Keith Whitley. Who dies of alcohol poisoning anymore? No one! <laughs> That's not true. <laughs> Maybe <Any> college campus. <laughs> That's right. Elvis Perkins in Deerland is an eclectic little band fronted by the son of Psycho star Anthony Perkins. Oh, wow. The band gave an incredible performance. I don't know if EP is still making music, but I will always remember that show. All the songs are good and need to be listened to as a whole. Uh, Mrs. Neil Gaiman, a.k.a. Amanda fucking Palmer, is a Boston legend. She started her career busking uh, in tea stations. She now records what she wants, when she wants. She's one of the first successes I heard of on using uh, Kickstarter. Her live performances are always outstanding. Leeds United and Oasis are great songs and have good videos on YouTube. I know Amanda F uh, Palmer from when she was with the band called the Dresden Dolls. Okay, which it sounds vaguely. A familiar. lot of girls I had crushes on in college were into. Oh, okay. There so, you go. Yeah, yeah. Free Soul was the first hip hop act invited to the Austin City Limits Music Festival, probably because of their laid back vibe. The selection Bullshit to Paradise is one of my top five joints all time for sure, maybe top three. Uh, and then he goes into the comics, which um, I won't read because it's not germane to the show. It's just for me. Yeah. And he said, I love the podcast. I hope it catches on with some listeners. Unfortunately, I'm a bit of a Luddite and have shunned social media, so I can't effectively recruit new listeners. Best of luck and health, Uncle Mark. P.S. Enclosed is a stick of Palo Santo wood. Literal, literal translation, holy wood. Superior to sage for clearing negative energies as well as farts and other household odors. If you smell it, it smells nice. No. That does smell nice. He it's also very mild. He also included a crystal of some sort that he didn't describe in his letter. It's just there. So I'll have to check in with him to see uh, exactly what odors or other things this will clear <laughs> from my apartment. <laughs> Uncle Mark. This piece of wood is I like the farts, the wood. but yeah, yeah. So I'll find a place to display those That's prominently very in, my, nice. in my scummy Hollywood bachelor <laughs> pad. Ah, uh, it's really nice, Uncle Mark. So I thanks, you, Uncle Mark. He paints a picture. He can write. Yeah, Uncle Mark's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he's an original. It's, yes, definitely. So, um, he used to get me great albums for Christmas every year. Yeah. I remember when I was a freshman in high school, he got me a... Uh, Chocolate and Cheese by Ween. Okay, yeah. Which really changed my life. I'm yeah. still a huge Ween fan. Pretty sure that was my freshman year, which would mean my sophomore year was the Christmas he got me. Never mind the bollocks, here come the Sex Pistols. Oh, okay. Which blew the back of my fucking so head. You clean didn't off. know of them until that moment. I had certainly heard of the Sex Pistols, yeah. but I wasn't familiar with their music. Okay. Until Uncle Mark got me that album. And I mentioned that because Kirk. Yes. Why are we here today? We are here to talk about punk. Yes, it's finally time. <laughs> it's We've come to that point. Yeah, I always find a, a way to talk about it um, Yep. when we do the show. This is all you. Yeah, I mean, a few. there was an episode where I introduced you to punk through the <laughs> punk music yes. compilation. Yes. Of course, the joke of that, it wasn't really punk <laughs> it was at all. It was not remotely punk. We're I, actually going to talk about talk punk real this time. Punk. Yeah. Now, for me... Punk is not something. Punk is not something that I I listen to. It's not something that I hate. There's many things that I music I mm -hmm. hate. Uh, <laughs> plenty of it. Punk I get reputation them. a reputation for being a hater, and you don't. But you're way worse than me. It's I just have, that I you smile, and you're a nice yeah, guy. And I laugh. <laughs> uh, but yeah, there's a lot of like some people like when I when I mention my hatred for Neil Diamond, people yeah. get people get mad. People are 
very protective of Neil Diamond. Oh, I, mean, yes. I don't blame you. I mean, I like Neil Diamond, but whatever. That's I, a I like whatever it. for me. So, like, for me, for punk, it's just... I know of punk because I... Uh, of being in theater. Mm-hmm. And I know that's how I know of punk, is I know so many people who, who I did theater with yeah. listen to punk. So I know names. Well, I mean, knowing your taste, which we've yes. kind of delineated pretty well over yeah. the course of the show, and the reason why you like what you like, it makes sense that you don't like punk. Yeah. Like you like Stuff you can hooks. Too. You like smoothness. Hooks. Yep. You like R and B. I mean, punk is the antithesis. It's, of a, it's the like. opposite of that. But um, I'm interested. I'm interested to see what you you have. So if I go, oh hey, I know that, or I go, I have no idea what the fuck this is. I mean, my mission isn't necessarily to change your mind. Oh yeah, that or would, blow your mind. No, that wouldn't be happening. I'm anyway. just hoping that you, even though the music won't be to your taste, you'll find some interesting things yes. to look at. Yes. You know, same thing for the listener. Like, I'm not trying to convert anybody yeah. to punk. People probably know whether or not they like punk already. Yeah, you either they're like listening it or to the not. show. Yeah. Um, but we have to start with the Ramones because it just starts with the Ramones. Yes. I imagine you're not a Ramones fan. No, but I know their songs, and I, I appreciate sure. I appreciate how how much people like them. But we'll we'll watch a live clip of theirs. Hopefully you'll just appreciate their energy. Sure. Uh, this is from the famous uh, New Year's Eve show in 1978 that uh, became their live album, It's Alive. Okay, I know that album. Which the entire concert came in just under half an hour. Because all their songs are so short and fast, and they just don't let up. So when they played, was it really were all concerts really short? Yeah. In general, oh, wow. Yeah. I mean, their songs were already, like, less than two minutes and real fast. And when they played live, they just played everything twice as fast. So we're just going to pick one of my favorites, which is Cretan Hop. Okay, I don't know that one. Cretan Hop. You might know it when you hear it. I mean, they all sound the same. (laughs) But I like, it's, to me, one of the hookiest ones. And I just like the title because I think that also could have been the name of the genre, if not punk. Oh, You could call it Cretan Hop. Yeah. Because the Ramones, they look... They look like Hanna-Barbera cartoon characters come to life. Yeah. They look like cavemen in t-shirts and jeans. Like, there's something about... And their look and the tone of their punk mm-hmm. that is cretinous. Like, it's yeah. just it's just gloriously dumb yeah. and fun, um, which I think is particular to early American punk mm-hmm. that... The Brits kind of changed, but we'll talk about that in another clip. But just to start it off, let's watch these four cavemen from Queens just be the loudest, fastest band you've ever seen. Where are they playing? This is in London. I mean, that's a big-ass crowd, yeah. I mean, look at Dee Dee go. Okay, so that's, yeah. Yeah, Dee Dee's on bass. He's in a, Joey's the lead singer? Yeah, Johnny's on guitar. Okay. Yeah, this is like, when I think of punk, it's, this is it. Yeah. It's just like, fast and loud and sweaty. Yeah. Yeah. Six, seven, all the 
And it's, it's before punk became that thing with like the spiky hair and, yeah, the, exactly. and the safety pins and yeah. all that stuff. Before it became kind of this yeah. affectation. You know, they're just these dumb kids from New York. Yeah. Yeah, and they're really they're kind of unaffected, and that's what's interesting is like they're just in t-shirts and fucking and jeans and keds. Yeah, they would wear white slip-on keds. That was their wow. uniform. And you know, and, yeah, and they, they got they got just hair, just yep. hair all over the place, and that's it. This is uh, a minute and forty-six was, seconds. It's one of the longer cuts. On this. <laughs> I was just about to say yeah. how it is so quick. I'm just amazed that this is is this really from '77? Yeah. Were they that big in '77? I mean, that's they, a they, big. They ass were crowd. in the UK. They okay. got big in the UK, um, and it was like a New Year's show, so it was a big deal. Okay. Uh, yeah, I just they're they're my favorite. They're the, they're the best. Yeah, are they your number one punk band? Um, yeah, like yeah. they're because their thing was. I mean, punk's thing in general, but the Ramones, were, you know, at, at the height of like prog rock and arena yes. rock and which, Led Zeppelin. Which that shit sucks. Well, I like I do some not of like, it. I, I hate mean, prog rock. I've said I don't like Queen. Yeah. I do like Led Zeppelin. There's some prog rock I'll fuck with. I guess with, I would like, never think of Zeppelin as prog rock. I wouldn't call them prog rock, but like, yes. my parents are big Jethro Tull fans, Ooh. so I have a soft spot Ooh. for Jethro Tull. Ooh. But yes, I don't like. No. Rush, I really don't no. like. Emerson, Lake, and. Emerson, Lake, and Palmer, my parents' first date was to an ELP concert. <laughs> I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for Emerson, All right, Lake, so we got to give him some of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Um, but it's almost like, like, how did rock and roll go from what it was when it was born in the 50s to yeah. that kind of shit? And the Ramones kind of brought it back to, like, that garagey 50s sound or that 60s yeah. bubblegum sound. But a lot harder and faster. Yeah, much much. Like harder this is a really poppy song. Yes, it's just really fucking fast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the, yeah. the composition of it, it's just. And you know, people talk shit about how like, oh, you don't have to know how to play your instruments, and the chords are so simple, and that's true. But when you watch them play, like it's all downstrokes at yes. this blinding speed. Like physically, it's very difficult. to yeah, play. Yeah, it's demanding what they're doing. Yeah, yeah whether yeah. or not it's technically, you know, yeah. difficult. It's physically difficult yes. to play the way they play. Yeah. Um, so on that level alone, it's impressive. That's I right. just love the way that Joey done. looks, the way he'd like kind of lean into the microphone. And he's all tall. He had like Marfan syndrome. So he's got that like ectomorphic body. And he's real <laughs> weird looking. Yeah. And they just, they just kill it. Yeah. And they're I just love, yeah. who they are. Yeah. And they're, they're so unpretentious. Yes. I mean, punk would ki- quickly get really pretentious on its own terms. Yes. But the Ramones are the most unpretentious band of all time. That's that's something I appreciate from the yeah. Ramones. If I don't appreciate the music, I appreciate the unpretentiousness of them. Yes. Uh, we'll move right on to the Sex Pistols. Okay. We're not going to hear any of their music. Yeah. We're going to watch a classic interview I that I wonder if you're already familiar with. might be familiar with this. It's really infamous, but I feel like we can't talk about punk without talking about it. It's when they were on... The Today Show, which was an afternoon talk show in England mm-hmm. at the time, hosted by Bill Grundy, mm-hmm. and they, you know, their their language was a little, it's a little salty. It's a little salty. <laughs> uh, so this very short interview became immediately infamous and sort of kind of like launched the band. Mm-hmm. Um, and this clip is it's the interview clip, but it's also taken from. 
the Sex Pistols documentary, The Filth and the Fury. So at certain points, it pauses and the members of the band comment on the oh, clip, okay. Okay. comment on the interview. So um, it's also really high quality, which is nice. They are folk rockers. Okay, I've seen this. The new craze, they tell me. They're heroes, not the nice, clean Rolling Stones. You see, they're as drunk as I am. They're clean by comparison. So Bill Bill Grundy's trying to talk, and they're already, like, they're in the background just being rude. Yeah. Call the Sex Pistols. And these are just random fans in the back. Yeah, those are some groupies. Yeah. Um, The one on the far right behind Paul is Susie from Susie and the Banshees. Okay. But Susie and the Banshees wasn't a thing yet. No, no. She was just a Sex Pistols groupie at this point. Um, Yeah. That group. I've received forty thousand pounds from a record company. Doesn't that seem uh, to be slightly opposed to their anti-materialistic view of life? Uh, okay, so well, what were you going to say? I'm wondering, no, uh, out of all the six pistols, is is Johnny Rotten the only one who's still alive? No, they're all alive except for Sid Vicious, but Sid he's v- not here. Oh, okay, okay, he wasn't in the band from the beginning. So the guy in the red or orange pants is Glenn Matlock. That's their original basis. Oh, okay. But they eventually sort of shunted him out of the band so they could get a more, like, punk rock kind of looking guy. Oh, Even though okay. Sid had absolutely zero ability to play bass. Yeah. Or, and, or, like, I think he had an issue where he also kind of played with his back to the audience because yeah. he was shot. But he looked the part. So okay. Malcolm McLaren was just like, here's your new bass player. Oh, okay. But this smartass here is Glenn Matlock. That's the bass player who actually played on the album and was there originally. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, Steve Jones is alive. They're, they're alive. Oh, okay. Yeah. I think I just in my mind because Sid Vicious died that they all died. <laughs> that they're except, all dead. They're all dead except Johnny. Ryan. No, and fucking Bill Grundy's dead. <laughs> okay. Well. So already, like... They're kind of talking amongst themselves and like mugging to the camera yes. and being jerks. But Bill Grundy's already being so condescending to them. Oh yeah, he's a jag. It's like, oh, isn't isn't the money the record company paid you against your yeah anti? Like, that's my first question coming yeah. out of the gate. So already and through the whole thing, like everybody's wrong. <laughs> like they're all they're assholes, but he's instigating them. Yeah, yeah. Through the whole thing, he's pushing them. So they're all wrong. Um. So he just said, like, isn't the money you got paid antithetical to your beliefs or whatever? Mm-hmm. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Well, tell me more about it. Fuck, it's a bank. I don't know, have you? Yeah, yeah. So cool. No one even heard that one because he was drunk himself and he wasn't paying attention. When he asked, well, what do you do with money? And I said, we fucking spent it. Well, tell me more about it. Fuck, it's a bank. No. Yeah. So that was Steve. Okay. Uh, he's the best. Yeah. Like, Johnny Johnny Ron's sort of an asshole anyway, but Steve Jones yeah. is the coolest guy from the Sex Pistols. But keep in mind, this was on... This is 1976, British daytime television. Yeah. Right? It was live, so... Yeah, this is pretty... When they swore, it aired at, yeah. like, 4 o'clock in the afternoon. I mean, even for now, this is this is rough. Yeah. Yeah. That would not, that would not go over well, even now, yeah. in America in 2017, at yeah. 4 o'clock in the afternoon. But like he just said... Like, he sort of muttered it, and yeah. it wasn't even comment. Bill Grundy didn't even Yeah, he didn't even acknowledge it. it, yeah. I don't know, have you? Yeah, yeah. So cool. Really? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Good Lord. Now, tell me more about it. Fuck, it's a bank. Yeah. Well, tell me more about it. Fuck, it's a bank. Yeah. Well, tell me more about it. Fuck, it's a bank. Yeah. Well, tell me more about it. Fuck, it's a bank.
No. I want to know why. Charlie's so British. Good lord. <laughs> uh, I love that they're just drinking, too. They're, like, passing cups back to yeah, each other. Yeah, these dumb kids. Yeah. They're like, yeah, I mean, that's the thing, too. They're fucking kids. They're yeah. so young. They're kids. 19, 20, 21, oh maybe. Oh, my God, yeah, they're like babies. And uh, they're being jerks because that's how you behave at that age, and also yeah. they're punks. It's their yeah. image. That's what you do. And And the host is this, like, crusty... You know, older, yeah, stuffy Stuffy's British guy who's exactly what their, yeah, you know, their image stands against. Yeah, it's not like they're gonna go on a show and show respect. Yeah, what did you expect yeah. it was gonna happen? That's Johnny Rotten now. Yeah, what like. Yeah, he's being a smartass about it, but come on, why are you asking this punk band about Beethoven? Yeah, don't be a jagoff. Ask like re- ask real questions. Yeah. Yeah. So of course they're responding appropriately, like, oh yeah, we love them. Yeah. That's exactly who the Sex Pistols are into. <laughs> yeah, what else are they gonna say? Yeah, like they're so onto him. Yeah. Oh yes, they really turn us on. Oh don't they? Well, suppose they turn other people off. It's just their touch, isn't it? He steps up and says shit. Under his breath. Which one? Nothing. A rude word. Question. <laughs> no, no. What was a rude word? Oh, he's so condescending. Yeah, it's like he's encouraging them. Yeah. To behave badly. Yeah, and they know it's it's true. Like what you said, like they know what he's doing because the guy's so obvious. Yeah, and they know exactly what they're doing too. Exactly. Actually, really. Good heavens! What about you girls behind? <laughs> Are you? Uh... My are you worried or are you just enjoying yourself? Enjoying myself. Are you? Yeah. That's what I thought you were doing. Oh my god, yeah, you can tell that is Susan the, the Banshees. Wow. Yeah, yeah. And he's, if you didn't hear him, he's already like starting to flirt. Oh god. And it's gross. Yeah. Enjoying myself. Are you? Yeah. That's what I thought you were doing. Oh. Yeah. Now she says, I always wanted to meet you. Thank you. Did you really? Yeah. Susie, she was just being like coy with he said, I'll make we'll meet after. We'll meet after, shall we? <laughs> you dirty, <laughs> you dirty old man. <laughs> Steve Jones immediately catches yeah. that yeah. he's being a shitlord, yeah. just, just oh. sexually harassing them yeah. already. He's fully called him on And it. way ahead of his time, Steve just yes. jumps on him yeah. for trying to flirt with the girls. Dirty old man. <laughs> Steve completely understood that he was talking to a drunk as you would a <laughs> drunk in a pub, and he just topped him. Well, keep going, Steve, keep going. <laughs> Go on, you've got another five seconds. Say something outrageous. You dirty bastard. <laughs> I just remember this fucking cunt just started provoking us <laughs> and cutting him off. Go on, again. <laughs> you dirty fucker. What a terrible. What a fucking rotter. Well, that's it. Oh, that's great. <laughs> the other rocker, everyone. So, like, he's right. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. You don't curse on TV. But this guy is being an asshole. Yeah, this guy's being a sleaze. Yeah. And he called it well. He called him a dirty bastard, which I guess would have been pretty uh, controversial at the time. That's pretty soft by today's standards. Yeah. Then he calls him a dirty fucker. Yeah. Which you still can't do. You can't do that. No, and you couldn't what? do it forty years ago. No. Certainly. No. But the guy is. Nothing else about Interview over. Just the way he's sitting, too, with his hands on his face. But you can kind of tell he maybe knows that he fucked up. Yeah. And as Steve Jones is about to say in the voiceover, like, Malcolm McLaren, their manager, is just off stage, like, freaking the fuck out. Oh, wow. 
But also pay attention to the show's theme music that plays <laughs> over the credits. Uh, and he was terrified. He was shitting himself. He's deaf. Why? You know, again? We fucking better get out of here. Can you hear it? But the very next day, it was yeah, I can hear the music. Everyone knows it's windy song, but it's like, it? it's like a Moog synth Don't version of it. Everyone. That's so weird. Yeah. Perfect stand-up comedy. Now, do you like the Sex Pistols music, or are you just appreciate it? Oh, yeah, I do. You do. Okay. Oh, yeah, I do. Okay. Yeah, this is the one album, Pistols. right? Yeah, I mean, they've had tons of, like, bootlegs and a lot, but one official, officially released yeah, full that first big LP. Album. Yeah, never mind the bollocks. Okay. So that's just sort of um, a famous punk mm-hmm. clip. Yeah, that is, I, I The Sex Pistols that. on the Bill Grundy show. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and that ended Bill Grundy's career. The, the, really? The show was canceled within a couple months. Wow. And he did a couple other shows that, like, weren't prime time. Yeah. Like, it pretty much ended his wow. career. And he was an alcoholic and died, I think, in the early 90s. Wow. Um, but that was that was pretty much a wrap for him after yeah. this. Oh, my God. Because, like, yes, they were misbehaved, but he was not being professional himself. Well, he didn't ask really any questions that they were could yeah, answer. Yeah, he immediately was condescending yeah. to them and then was, like, telling them, like, go, oh, say some more swears. Like, yeah. Okay, I will. You're the host of the show. You should be in charge. Yeah. It's like, you know, when a company fails, the CEO is the one who's got to go. So. Yeah, exactly. So goodbye, Bill Grundy. Yeah, Bill Grundy. <laughs> Good riddance. No, I'm sure he was, I'm sure he was a I'm nice sure he was a delightful guy, guy that couldn't but, have a punk. Yes. Steve Jones is my favorite guy from the section. He lives in L.A. He loves L.A. And I'm always okay, that's hoping right. yeah. to see him around. He, he hosts like a radio show. Yeah, now I remember um, that. He's not dead. What he's the best. Yeah, he's a good guy. Okay, this next clip is another interview. Mm-hmm. It is with the founders of Punk Magazine, which kind of gave uh, the genre its name. They called the magazine Punk because I can't. I think it was Cream Magazine used the phrase a few years earlier, mm-hmm. um, and so that's what these guys called their like basically fanzine. Okay, like the, an early fanzine. And they called it punk. And the genre took its name from the magazine name. So it was only existed for a few years out of New York City. But they were just they were huge fans of particularly the band The Dictators. I don't know if you know them. They're not mm-hmm. one of the more well remembered bands, mm-hmm. but they were one of the first punk bands, like before the Ramones. Okay. Uh in New York. Before Punk magazine came out. Mm-hmm. Was this music just undefined? Yeah, it was just rock and roll. It was just rock and roll. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you know they were. Well, we'll watch the clip, but it's very new. Like I said, like the Sex Pistols are very British punk. Yeah, the Ramones are very New York punk, mm-hmm. and there's sort of a difference early yeah. on. And when they describe their aesthetic, they'll sort of make that distinction. Um, so. And the interview is from, like, an Australian kid show. So the interviewer's an Aussie, uh, but um, John Holstrom and... I'm not super familiar with John Holstrom, but I know that he was, like, a cartoonist. Okay. And Legs McNeil is still, like, he's the one who wrote... Legs McNeil co-wrote the oral history of early punk, uh, Please Kill Me. And he's sort of, like, a known, like, music journalist sort of guy. Yeah. But this is him as a young kid in 1977, oh, okay. and he was the co-founder of Punk Magazine. 
McLean in New York for Flashes, New York, the punk capital of the world, and I'm in the offices of Punk Magazine with the editor John Holstrom and Legs McNeil. What do you do, Legs? Well, um, okay, I work as resident punk. What does that involve? I um, usually just hang out and uh, drink a lot and uh, <clears throat> meet famous people and do interviews. These particular delicate delinquents, with no real financial backing, started Punk Magazine a year ago. Instead of the usual typeface, all the stories are hand-lettered and it has the look of a comic book. Oh, Star Reporter... I don't know to what extent fanzine culture existed among rock fans before this. Mm -hmm. But basically what he just described is a zine. Yeah. Like handwritten, yeah. you make photocopies of it. Yeah. And it's got that sort of DIY aesthetic, which yeah. is very punk. Yeah, that's true. His legs with Neil, who usually makes sure he asks the dumbest questions because punk, he says, is anti-intellectual. Well, again, like, that would change really quickly with bands like The Clash, who would be... Yeah. Who would get political and have yeah. a message, and that's sort of an um, indivisible part of punk now, but early on, New York punk especially, like I was describing the Ramones, was just about being dumb and fun, because yeah. that's what rock and roll was supposed to be. Yes. So these guys definitely have that remote sort of attitude where that's what not, it feels like. Yeah, just shaggy. Yeah, like I'm gonna drink, and that's you know. Yeah, regular beer yeah. drinking dudes with no pretensions. Yes, maybe a little affected, but not pretentious. I mean, I th they're selling it hard. Yeah, but it's it's they're still true to themselves. Yeah. They're just they're just put, uh, putting on a little harder. In the case of punk magazine, Dumb's often smart. The magazine is nasty, it's honest, witty, and it's possibly the most original new publication to emerge since Australia's Oz magazine. How long it I think 76 to 79. Okay. It was only a few years. Okay. But if you look at the covers, John, it would be like, the I'm year? sure these things, if you can find a copy on eBay or something, oh, are yeah. extremely expensive yeah. collector's items. They're probably very rare. Yeah. Punk came from, from London or New York. Oh, it's definitely New York. <laughs> Um, you know, he reminds me of Harvey Picar yeah. from American Splendor. Just like not great looking, kind of, you know, dirty and yeah. just poor yeah. <laughs> and, and real working class. Yeah. Summer of 1975, it was really visible, but it was building up for a long, you know, for a short time before that. Who were some of the people in on the ground work with punk? Uh, the Ramones, early television. Patty okay. Smith. I said Lou Reed if you want to go back. <clears throat> Lou Reed if you want to go back that far. Yeah. Lou but Reed. we don't want to mention him. Why not? What? Why not? Oh, you <laughs> knows about Lou. Now, I don't know exactly what they're referring to if they yeah. had some sort of beef with Lou Reed because Lou's a cartoon of Lou is on the cover of the first issue of Punk. Yeah, that's weird. And he is like a key proto punk yeah, figure. Yeah, he's like the almost founding father. It's yeah. interesting the time frame, and we talked about this before, the time frame of punk is really on the same timeline as disco yeah which is fascinating and hip-hop yeah all three punk, in new york disco and hip-hop all emerged in mid-70s yeah. new york city at the same time yeah. and they were all different arms of the same like underground yes and then they all just you know to varying degrees of course all just kind of blew up in the late 70s where yeah. it became a thing yeah they all blew up around the same time it's fascinating yeah but it was about kind of being disenfranchised yeah. and forming a new underground yeah. all three of them were had that in common yes 
Um, what happens over the next few seconds of the video, for some reason, is the audio cuts out. But the video, they show a few different covers and pages from the magazine. And they're just cool, like, artistic artifacts. Yeah, they really are. Like, I mean, I'm not even a punk guy, but I would love to have these photos. These yeah. photos are amazing. And when it comes back in, they'll, they use Lou Reed's uh, Vicious as the bed music, which is a great song, but it's, it's funny because it's not exactly punk. Oh, really? I, I don't think I know it. You might if you heard it. It's on the same album. So far, punk rock has probably gotten more publicity than the actual music itself warrants. Oh, yeah, it's because it's Two slower. records have made it onto the charts. And some powerful New York record execs see it only as a flash in the pan. What punk has so been... That's a cartoon of Iggy Pop. Oh, that's a great one, one right yeah, there. Yeah. Quite important is the first explosion of rock star we've seen in a very long time. For instance, these English punk fans have put the poly... Now, this, you can see, like... Yeah. He's got the the collar around his neck with the yep. chain attached to it. He's got that thing where the nose piercings attached to the lobe piercing, and he's got a couple different shades of manic panic in his hair. So that was already being codified. I'm going to back up a bit. Yeah. Two things: mm-hmm. the chain to the nose to the ear really bothers me because I'm like, someone's going to fucking rip that. Especially if you're like thrashing at yeah. a punk show or something. Even yeah. just by, not even just someone's being a dick, but if you're like, just, you could walk down the street and get caught by an umbrella. Yeah. It bothers me, really. really <laughs> it stresses me out. Back one more time. What did you say about the hair? Manic Panic? Manic Panic. Was That's that? a brand of, like, bright colored hair dyes that punks. Oh, okay. Used then and it's still popular today. Look at that. I learned something. Anytime you punk. see some punk kid with some colored hair, it's probably Manic Panic. It's an it's a actual yeah. brand. Okay, so already their aesthetic is so much different from the New York aesthetic. Very. However, I'm not critical of it because these two kids look fucking great, especially her. They look. She doesn't look punk to me at all. Well, I mean, the British punk, like British punk fashion, was sort of created by Vivian Westwood, so it was always a little more high fashion. Okay. And I don't know where, you know. Non-punk high fashion blended with the stuff that she was creating. Um, I don't even know if that's Vivian Westwood. I'm not a fashion expert by any means. But she is fashionable and she is cool as hell looking. No, she looks really cool. And the two of them together, I don't know if they're a couple or just two friends. Yeah, they look cool together. I mean, I know that you're squicked out by his piercings and I get it. But also he looks pretty badass. He looks cool. It just stresses me out that he's going to get hurt. (laughs) And they also both look like they're... 15? Yeah. 16, maybe? Yeah. It's on the punk fashion book. And already big department stores around the world are cashing in and selling punk t-shirts and so forth. And even some big-time fashion designers are getting into it. For well over $1,000, you can actually buy punk evening gowns designed by... Okay, that's... But look how early it was that you could spend so much money... Yeah. to, ...to adopt an aesthetic that's about... Not about being working class, yeah. and not buying into that sort of thing, which the guys from the magazine are going to talk about in a second. Okay, how they're already like, yeah, this is bullshit. This is not what we're yeah. about. Yeah, no, it's the exact opposite. Yeah, but I think when people think of punk, they think of like the big Liberty spikes yep. and and, yep. and hair dyes and, and spike chains and, uh, and safety bracelets and yeah. ears and that type of thing, which is sort of a specifically British yes. punk aesthetic. That doesn't really have anything to do with the kind of Ramon style yeah. punk that that originated the genre. Yeah. 
Punk in England is very much a product of uh, poverty and unemployment. Can that be the case here in America? It's, yeah, I'd say so. Poverty, yeah, I mean, nobody here is rich. Has, yeah, no one has any money. But we don't cry about it. Kids in America <laughs> are as, awesome. as generally as poor, and well, in I mean, Australia, as they are in England. The people that hang around right. the punk movement, everyone's really poor, you know? I mean, I mean, kids generally in the United States, I think, are a lot richer than kids in London. But, you know, the people, you know, that hang around at CBGB's and, you we know. just know how to get over. Yeah, right. We, like, I think we're more intelligent than those London guys. Because we know how to great. get over. They don't understand how we have the reason. Well, that's the whole thing is their aesthetic is like we're just these dumb idiots. Yeah. But they're not dumb. No, no, not at all. It's the dumb is smart aesthetic. Yes. Is what New York punk is about. Yes. They're, they're fronting like they're dumb, but they're definitely not. No, not at all. Yeah resources to put out the kind of product we do and they just don't use their heads yeah the, the sniffing you know? the sniffing glue that that uh, english paper said well if we had the resources that punk magazine we don't have any resources we don't have any money you know how to get over yeah you know <laughs> when you say get over you mean you know how to put out a paper and be constructive about uh punk. make something out of nothing yeah we never have any money yeah. i don't know how we put, bring out each issue I don't know how we live. Right. <laughs> we really don't. You know, I, we don't eat anything. We don't get salaries. We don't make money. Yeah, no one here is on salary. They're right. <laughs> we, just I mean, get over. we don't know how we, you know, I, 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 I make money, you know, betting on pinball. You know, <laughs> pinball kid. Yeah. It's like the oldest phrase ever. That's great. Kids in London just don't know anything. Ah. Uh. Morons. <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah, really. I mean, would you want a safety pin up your nose? <laughs> <laughs> They're just laughing at it. Yeah. Like, these fucking idiots have yeah. no idea. It is really interesting, too, though, like, and I, I think we'll see it later on, too, that based on the list, is that whole, like, when, like you said, when you think of punk, you think of that aesthetic of the mm-hmm. hair and the pins and all that. And, like, like, that's because that's the more interesting look. It's the more interesting look, but, like, other than kind of the Sex Pistols, and even then only Johnny Rotten, can't really think of a lot of actual punk musicians no, who was I was going to ask you that, particularly in America, right? Yeah, there, yeah. No one in America was actually doing that in a band. Yeah. When you yeah. see, like, if you saw a, a punk represented in, like, commercials or dumb sitcoms exactly. or something, that's how they would make, quote-unquote, punkers yes. look. Yes. But no real punkers look that way, except for, like, British punkers... In, for a very specific, specific period of time in the late 70s. Okay, yeah, that's what I but thought. But for the most part, everywhere punk fashion is about, you know, not a, you know, just low-key yeah. t-shirts and ripped jeans. Yeah, it's what you have. It's what you wore. Yeah. yeah. It's not about fashion. It's anti-fashion. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you can get into an argument over the extent to which that's true or, yeah. or uh, disingenuous. Yeah. But these two are obviously just original. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's a way to get attention, though. Well, I, I think they've always tried to be more uh, a stupid way. A stupid way. Already, it's it's like over with. All they did was pick up on the uh, the fad element. Yeah. But people in New York are too too smart to make it a fad. You know, it's been it's been happening here a lot longer. Too smart in Sydney, having been there, John, to make it a fad there, and in Melbourne and Adelaide. I think so too. I think the, like when I talked to the Saints and Radio Birdman, they were really smart. You know, they weren't they weren't into the image. You know, in the caricature that the media plays up, they were into the music. And he's spot yeah, on. I was really, I was really uh, glad to meet all these people who were uh, really as much tuned into it as anybody in New York. What did they, was the look different in Australia compared to New York? Uh, yeah, yeah. People in Australia tend to be a little bit more naive, but yeah, a little bit more uh, intellectual about it. So that's it. I just wow. 
I love they that. Were, they were fascinating. Yeah. Yeah, they were more fascinating than I thought it was going to be. And yeah. that's exactly the aesthetic about punk that I like. Yeah. Uh, be intelligent, but don't be a snob. Yeah. Which is sort of the anti-prog rock thing. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Where it's all about, like, it's like rock is theater. Yes. It's like, no, it's just about drinking beer yeah. and having fun and Look at these cool getting raids. that yeah, I'm yeah, doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look yeah, how yeah, great yeah. that is. Yeah, that's why. Be actually that. smart, but let your art be, yeah. you know, working class. Exactly. For the people. Don't be a snob. Yeah. They're not snobs. No. They're the exact <laughs> opposite of snobbery. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so the next clip, there's nothing really to it. It's a Top of the Pops performance. You know what Top of the Pops yep. is. It. What, I think we've talked about it on the show before. The, the show have, Top of the Pops? I think on our podcast we've talked about Top mm-hmm. of the Pops. Yeah. But just in case anyone listening doesn't know, for decades and decades it was the UK's sort of American bandstand mm-hmm. where they'd have the top chart hits of the day. They'd have the bands come on and lip sync to their records. Mm-hmm. So this is just a performance of a song... That I'm wondering if you might like, because it's by the Buzzcocks. I know the Buzzcocks. Who were always a little bit poppier in their punk. And they're sort of the godfathers of what's now called pop punk. Okay. Uh, I love the Buzzcocks. One of the CDs I listened to most in college was their singles collection, which is like their main thing. Uh, And this is the song, Have You Ever Fallen in Love with Someone You Shouldn't Have? Which you might know. I might know this. I hope I know this. But it's a little, it's not... It's it's poppy and it's sort yeah. of a love song, so I wonder if, if this is something that you might like. And I just like this song and I like this performance, yeah. so I wanted to include it. Just to straight up have a punk song on the list. I don't fall in love with someone when you should be fine. Well, if you have is your own fault, it's 16 the bus call! Do you know this? I feel like I do. Oh, this is a like classic. I do know this. Yeah. I think I know it because of Anne. Because I think she likes the fuck. Yeah. I mean, like, she might show up in movies from time yeah. to time. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, see, this doesn't seem like punk to me at all. Oh, it is. But yeah. Yes, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes. Here's what I like about this band. Everyone in the band except the drummer looks kind of like Keith Moon. <laughs> yes! The lead singer does! They just look like three Keith Moons yeah. to me. And except then, the drummer! <laughs> except the drummer. <laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah. But yeah, no, I totally know this song. I wouldn't know that it was the Buzzcocks. So does this, do you like this or is this still just kind of too loud and fast for you? Oh, no, I like this. Yeah. Because it's, it's got a... I can process it. Yeah. And again, the look is not... They're just dudes wearing shirts and yeah, just looking like regular yeah. dudes. Yeah, but this, it sounds like a song. So I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, their songs are really melodic and catchy. So, and I know this probably... I know this isn't the case now, but if I had heard this and you weren't here, I'd go, oh, this is early new wave. Yeah, yeah, I mean, this is, yeah, this kind of bridges, yeah, is part of the bridge from Punk to New Wave. Or like a little harder New Wave. Yeah. I mean, they're considered a straight up and down punk thing. Yeah. I don't think anyone okay. would call them New Wave, but... Yeah, okay. And they never had... They Did they have that sort of 
Because I wouldn't refer to them as like edgy or angry. Do they have songs, or is, is this kind of an outlier? This song? no, this is this is pretty much part for the course. Okay, them. yeah, this is probably their most popular. Hit. Okay. And because yeah, it's a longer song. There's a little bit of a, a guitar solo in there. So mm-hmm. there's a little bit more. Of but a it's still got that snotty English schoolboy kind of attitude to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they're not as like aggressive as the Sex Pistols. Yeah, exactly. Not, and they're fast, but they're not as fast as the Ramones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was the one entry I put in there that I'm like, I'll toss in something that curtain. Throw me a bone. I appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I like that. Uh, we're gonna go to another TV talk show clip. This is from. This is going to be around eighty six, eighty seven. This is the Geraldo show. Okay, you know Geraldo. I fucking hate him. Oh, he's the worst. He's the fucking worst. He's the worst. He's, and oh, he's but he's worst. always been the he's, worst. He, yes, he's always been the worst, and yeah. he's the worst in this clip. Ugh. He's not quite as condescending as Bill Grundy, and yeah. you can tell he's trying to be polite. He's not, like, rude or anything. Yeah. He's just Geraldo. He's yeah, just sort just, of an unctuous yeah. kind of guy. Well, unctuous is a good word for him. But this is from an episode that was called Heavy Metal Moms. Oh, God, Geraldo. Where he interviewed heavy metal dudes and their moms. <laughs> and it was like the height of hair metal and all the guests are these hair metal we're not going to watch the whole thing obviously yeah uh, we're just going to watch the clip with Joey Ramone and his mom yeah that's interesting because it's 86 you said yeah and I think this was around the time that they were releasing their greatest hits album okay. and so maybe he was doing like the talk show rounds for that I bet you he's like I'll fucking do it I don't care yeah and he's great but you're going to love Joey Ramone's mom <laughs> Let's hear. Now, I don't know what you might have in your head as what you think she's gonna be like. Um, I'm interested to see, but I think you'll like her a lot. So let me just start this, and I'll skip ahead to where the uh, the part where he talks to Joey Ramone and and Joey's mom. It's about two minutes and ten seconds in. Let me go to Mrs. Lesher for one for one second. Charlotte Lesher, that was her name. Okay, name. Her, My grandma's uh, name. Joey Ramone's mom. I. I uh... My, my brother Craig, who's a reporter for Inside Edition, lived for me on St. Mm-hmm. Mark's Place in the, in the oh, heart wow. of the hippie district across from a club called CBGB's. Oh, yeah. And he took me uh, to see your son and his group. Uh, she looks like one a, song. a yuppie. She looks like, She's a, like really an older... put together. Yeah. I think she bought her outfit at Talbot's. Yeah. And she... <laughs> Is yeah yeah no she's I mean uh, like, she's lovely right you might expect some like kind of low brow queens type of yeah, yeah no she no, looks like she would work at a department store she I mean and again she has to contend with Geraldo's yeah. interviewing skills and she's just lovely oh good uh, I think it was beat the brat. Beat on the brat. <laughs> give me a, give me Beat a, on the brat. Beat on the brat. Beat on the brat with a baseball bat. Oh, yeah. <laughs> She's so proud. She's so adorable. She's so like, oh, this is my son. Yeah. He's great. That's my mom. <laughs> really, I really wrote the song, but you know, <laughs> we don't talk so about that. That's good. Beat on the brat with a baseball bat. His big hit, I Want to Be Sedated. Yes. One of the one of the best songs. It's one of my favorites. Oh, she's great. It really is. I love the music. I think it's great. I've always loved it. And the bad boy image and the wildness. 
Also, Joey Ramone is the cutest. <laughs> like, Dee Dee was a mess. He yeah. was a heroin addict and was always sort of out of control. Yeah. Johnny was like a huge Republican, like, really? kind of ass. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, wow. But Joey's just a sweetheart. And any of them around? They're all dead. They're all dead. They're all dead. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Joey died in recently, right? He died in two thousand one. Okay, right at the end of my first semester, uh, first year at college. Okay, of cancer, and then uh, Dee Dee OD'd on heroin in o two, like right after they got inducted into the Hall of Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Oh wow! And not long after, Johnny also died of cancer. Oh, okay, wow. Tommy, their original dr- drummer, died a couple years ago of cancer. Okay. Marky, Tommy was drummed only on their first three albums, and then Marky took over and was their drummer for most of their career, and he's still around. Okay, okay. And then there's a couple other ones. CJ played bass for a while. Uh, he's, he's He was younger. He's still alive. But, but the core. But the, the core guys, okay. uh, the original four are all okay. dead. In the blood. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, we're we're wildly expressive. Let's put it that way. Are you also in show business? No, no, I'm an artist. But and I've did, n- did never. Did you at an early age see him and his brothers uh, going astray? Or no, I saw them going into music. Okay, I just want to point out. Joey does have a brother, but I think when Geraldo said him and his brothers, he thinks that the Ramones are all brothers. I guarantee <laughs> you that he thinks that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That he is that clueless. He, he just has, has no idea. idea. He has no idea. He's also kind of trying to, I feel like he's kind of like trying to dig for like, are you ashamed? Do you feel bad for this music? And I feel like she's like, no, I don't. I, I think it's great. So yeah, a little. I mean, he's being polite. I just think he has no idea what the fuck he's talking about. Yeah. He really does. Like he was saying, oh, my brother took me to see a Ramon show. I don't believe him. Well, he also said something about hippies. And I was like, wait, what? Because like that was the hippie district uh, before it became yeah. the punk district. I don't know. He doesn't know what he's talking yeah, about. Yeah, he's missing the mark. <laughs> but he's not being like a dick like okay. Grundy. I just don't think he knows No, definitely not being a Grundy. It's a girl, and I, I encouraged it rather than discourage it. He also started as a drummer down in the basement. Looking on his drums. <laughs> So was he the only punk guy on the show? Everyone else was metal guys? Yeah, that's the other weird thing. Like, it's heavy metal moms, but... Yeah. But I don't think Geraldo knows the difference no. between punk he thinks and it's heavy all, metal. If they have long hair, it's all the same. Right, right, right. As a matter of fact, Geraldo, this should interest you. When he used to come upstairs from beating on those drums in the basement, and I was getting all his fury out... I used to say to him, well, you just beat the hell out of me down there, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> you thought it was a form of family therapy. Oh, sure. That was great for him. Sing us after commercial. We've got to take a break. Give us a, give us a if you want to, I want to be sedated, you can do that one. <laughs> That's the only song Geraldo knows, because that was yeah. playing on the radio He's at the time. He's got nothing else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, you know, do that one, the popular one. <laughs> the one that I kind of know. <laughs> yeah. Except for this mom, who's yeah. not. Oh, I just love that clip. She's great. 
Yeah. She's fantastic. And he loves her, and she's yeah, like just she's so a, supportive. Of, yeah. There's a great relationship. People will kill for that yeah. relationship. Because you think all the Ramones moms would be like, I don't know, they like the yeah. They play their like, rock and roll music, and it's pretty good, just the way they talk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or like they're not around, they're drunk, and they're they're you know they're a drug addict. Yeah, yeah. No, she's just a mom. No, yeah. She's a great mom. They came from good homes. They were just poor. Yeah. Uh, but she's the the cutest. Yeah. She also sadly has passed away. Oh. Um, she died a few years ago, cancer. But she lived to be like eighty. So that's well, good. Well, I just got to see her. her Charlotte Lesher. Was it Lester or Lesher? Lesher. Lesher. Great name. Okay, Kirk. Yes. When we did the disco episode that yeah. you curated, <laughs> yes, you included a clip. From a TV show? Yeah. What was that TV show? That show was Chips, Paul. That's right. They had an episode where everyone... And when Disco Boogied. Disco Roller, roller Skated. Yes. Yeah, they roller, roller boogied. With the quote-unquote stars. Uh, did you know, Kirk, that Chips also did a punk episode? Um, I bet you if I see this clip, I'll remember it, but <laughs> okay. I don't remember it offhand. We're going to watch a very short clip from an episode that I believe the title of the episode is Battle of the Bands. I will give you <laughs> the plot of the episode in broad strokes. Please. There's a new wave band in town. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the town was. Yeah. Was it Los Angeles? Yeah, or like it was. a suburb? Was it just LA? I think it was LA. <clears throat> There's a new wave band. There's a punk band. The punk band is called Pain and they're delinquents. And they're, they're bad all they're, the, they're bad kids. <laughs> they drive drunk and crash cars and hurt people and rob and steal because they're punkers. But they have a band. Right. And they're going to play in the Battle of the Bands against the New Wave group. Is the New Wave group the good guys? They're the good guys. They're good kids. <laughs> Those New Wavers. Yes. They're a little arty or whatever. And I don't yeah. cotton to that, but they're good kids. They're good kids. They're good kids. They're trying. Yeah. Um,. So the band Pain has like one song that they play over and over again throughout the episode, right? It's called, the, the name of the song is I Dig Pain. Oh my God. <laughs> this is this... so punk from the point of view of a middle-aged TV writer. Yes, that's what it, it feels it, like yes, already. It is exactly what it is. Yeah. <laughs> so... There's a scene, obviously they do the song at the end at the Battle of the Bands. There's a scene where they play it like on a rooftop when they're rehearsing. Mm. We're going to watch a really short clip of them rehearsing it early in the episode where, look, I haven't seen the episode. I just yeah. read the plot synopsis because I don't care to watch it. <laughs> but they're having a hard time playing the song. And I don't know if like they've just decided at this point to be a punk band, but they very like demonstrably... Like have like we were talking earlier, it's physically difficult to yes. play punk. So they're like trying to play and like, ow, my fingers hurt because it's I'm playing so it's fast. Hard. So they're trying to get through their song, I dig pain. Oh my god. And it's tough. It's tough. It's painful. Because they don't dig pain that much. Pain hurts. Pain hurts. And the song I don't don't think I need to tell you is terrible. It's fucking of course, terrible. Of course it's on chips. So oh, and the guy who plays the lead singer is an actor you may recognize. I can't wait. Oh yeah, oh, Bill Forsyth. Uh, yes. Oh my God. He I looks like I know a him. Baby. I know him best for playing one of the bumbling criminals in the movie Raising Arizona. Arizona yep. Next to John Goodman. Yep. And then I know him very well from my childhood for playing the character Flat Top in Dick Tracy. Oh my God. The yeah. Nineteen ninety Dick Tracy. He's done and been in everything. Yeah. He's just one of those character he, actors yes. who's in everything. 
Oh, uh, God, this is so, like, hack. He does have a cool mohawk. Yeah, and they're wearing good leather jackets. Yeah, they're wearing leather jackets expensive. and jeans, and they look cool. Yeah. But, but they suck. They suck. And, <laughs> and also, they're bad kids. This is... They're bad. They're bad kids. my shirt I gotta buy another one my dad will buy another one. Oh my god fuck this writer yeah. who wrote this episode exactly like yeah that is such a lyric that was written by the guy who wrote the episode yeah. who thinks this punk oh, stuff is this just is... garbage come up and rip my shirt my dad will buy another this one this is so insulting <laughs> Oh now, one of the bass player, I don't know why in the plot his fingers are all bandaged. I don't think it's because it hurts so much to play bass. Yeah. But it obviously is making it more difficult for him to play the bass. But Bill Forsyth is having the same trouble, you'll see. They had to do a close up on his fingers on the neck of his guitar, and he's like, owie! Owie! <laughs> <laughs> the drummer just knows that sucks. I did pay. I did, yeah, I did. See the dichotomy of it all. See, it's ironic, Kurt, because he's singing about how much he, yeah. he digs pain, but he's having trouble getting on the song because playing punk music hurts his little fingies so much. His fingies. He can't really deal with the pain. Paul, this is a morality tale that... <laughs> That is saying punk is wrong and bad mm-hmm. because you can't even play the music without getting hurt. Yeah. So ergo, punk is bad for kids. Mm-hmm. This is what Chips is saying. Mm-hmm. So bad. So I showed that clip so I can play the next clip. <laughs> Thank God, because that was insulting to me. Who doesn't even <laughs> uh, care about punk that much? So the song is terrible, but a few years later, an actual punk band called Jughead's Revenge covered "I Dig Pain." Well, that's fucking brilliant. Yeah, like they, they covered did, but this. They covered this, but they did it like for real and made it good. That's fucking great. And also, the song includes like some clips from the episode where Ponch is talking about how like I don't get these punk kids. They just want to cause trouble and destroy things, and I don't like this punk music. Oh, uh, this is gonna be great then, because like you said, it's a morality tale. It is a morality tale. So Jughead's Revenge like sort of makes fun of this. And the uh, the album sleeve for the single is a great picture of Bill Forsyth from is, the episode. Is, is Jughead's Revenge a band that you know? No. Okay. But they are a real punk band. I okay. just, I'm not super familiar with them. I just know them from covering the Chips okay. punk episode, which I, I would venture to guess is their main claim to yeah. fame. This is brilliant. That's from the show. Oh, that's so Holly bad. weird. God, it's so bad. Oh, wow, yeah. It's like real. Yeah. That's, that's... Oh, my God. <laughs> There's sort of that, like, skate punk descendant yes. sort of style punk. Oh, it's so funny. This is like the most punk thing ever. It's so stupid song, but they're doing it well. They're doing it well, and they're just saying fuck you to this stupid uh, episode, which is very punk. 
Looks like a must too. Yeah, that drummer is insane. Oh, did you mosh? No. I told you before. I've never. I'm not a huge live music guy. I don't like crowds. True. And I, yeah, I'm not yeah. that kind of dude. Yeah. yeah. Um, I just want to keep playing it because I want to get to the part where they uh, yeah. play the clip of Ponch like over the bridge. Oh my god. Wait. Oh my god. <laughs> Holy shit, that's bad. In case people listening didn't hear it, John says, I don't get it. It's not like they're underprivileged from the ghetto. And then I, I don't think it's Punch, I think it's their John CO. said the first one. I, I think their CO is the one who says, uh the suburbs can be like disenfranchising. The, like the suburbs ghetto. can be a ghetto. Yeah. Wow, that is insulting on so many levels. An overprivileged kid who has just is lost. Try finding an identity in a place where every house is the same. Well, uh, what if you explain about the Bible? And that's why it's been perfect antisocial protest against the 9 to 5 world. Well, I think it's a convenient excuse for troublemakers to. And again, we mentioned this in the disco episode. Go fucking do your speeding tickets. Your chips. They're, yeah, they're California Highway Patrol. Go go help someone who stalled on the road. Well, I think the episode opened with like a car accident that they caused and then like fled the scene, which is how you get the Highway Patrol on the case. <laughs> yeah, they there the is case. a kernel of truth to the thing that we're saying with like, punk is very suburban mm. and the suburbs are their own... Everybody's got their problems. Sure, sure. sure. Yes. Uh, but the way they phrase it, like, it's yeah. not like they're from the ghetto. Yeah, that was yeah. poorly phrased. Yeah. Ooh. Just like, oh, just this close to saying it's not like these black Yeah, kids. exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But 1982, people Not were, super woke. No. But uh, Jughead. Oh, uh, that, that was, that was I'm yeah, yeah, yeah. so glad I experienced that. Um, so in the vein of, like, comedy punk, yeah. it's not that Black Flag is a funny band. Mm-hmm. Uh, do, are you familiar with Black no, Flag? I am, because that's Henry Rollins? Yes. Okay, see now, I never, I uh, I know Henry Rollins. Mm-hmm. I like Henry Rollins. Yeah. I like that song, Liar. That's a great song. Sure, great Beavis and Butthead clip that's too. That's a great song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I knew that he was in Black Flag. I always thought, maybe because the name was Black Flag, that they were really serious, like, they were. They didn't do. But there were there are some fun songs. They were like an early hardcore band, and they have uh, straight edge sensibilities. Yeah. Where like Henry Rollins, I, some of the bands, their original uh, lead singer was like a drug addict, and that's why Henry Rollins eventually took over. He was not a founding member. Oh, okay. but like he's okay. he's a he doesn't drink, and yeah. they have a song called Six Pack, which is like very anti alcohol mm-hmm. and. Uh, the song we're going to hear is TV Party, which is a very funny song that like makes fun of people who watch TV because they're dumb and they're not living their lives. All right. So even when they're being funny, they're like, oh, we're so much smarter yeah. than you. Um, they're not like a funny band like the Dead Milkman yeah. or anything like that. 
but this song is funny, which is why I picked it because I was like, well, even if Kirk doesn't like the music, I yeah. think he'll find it funny. Are you a Black Flag fan? Yeah, I like Black Flag. Okay. I'm not like a huge mm-hmm. uh, devotee, but um, I like I like them, All right. and I like this song. And this is the music video for TV Party. This is the uh, Rollins, the Rollins version of the band. This is like the classic oh, okay. era. Okay. Um, so they're just going to make fun of TV, and it's great because they shout out popular TV shows. But the song's from like 1980, so it's like a little time capsule. Oh. It's like a little like it's like flipping through a 1980 TV guide. <laughs> That's gonna be great. So yeah, I think you'll enjoy that part of it. Oh, I can talk about who I have watched. Wow, that's an early looking video. So the song is like it's all these dunderheads fucking walking into the room, drinking yeah. beer, and watching TV, and it's sung from the perspective of, of like them. these guys who are like psyched to have a TV party. Okay, but they're clearly making fun of. Yes, yeah. this isn't them. They're making fun of these guys. Right. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna have a couple. Yeah, yeah, we got nothing better to do. Yeah, it's not their aesthetic. No, They're it's not their aesthetic, aesthetic which I appreciate because yeah, yeah. this song is hard to listen to. Oh, I love it! It's so hard to listen to, <laughs> but I love the sentiment. Yeah. Oh my god. These dumb idiots. <laughs> yeah. I mean this is this is a good thing to hear about. But And I never thought Black Flag was like this, so this is kind of refreshing. Look how young he looks. Yeah, he's a baby. Oh god, it's just <laughs> Quincy! <laughs> Quincy also did a punk episode. I thought you were going to show the Quincy one, but I'm glad you showed the Chips one. Why go into the outside world at all? How many guys are in Black Flag? Five or six? I don't know if this is all the banner if they've got like friends coming out there. I love the non-stop beer moment. It's great. And it's also like those cans are empty because Henry would never actually. No, like on set, yeah, you can tell it's like fake beer. That's a good song. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> oh, my God. I love this shit. So funny. But, yeah, this is, this is hard for me. This is hard for my smooth ears. 
it's, it's interesting too because I'm guessing Henry wrote this. Yeah, probably. Because he like I don't know for sure. It might have been a group effort. Like even like that song Liars got it yeah. got uh, a point of view that's similar to this. This is definitely his point of view. Yeah. He was on a um it's great too. He impersonated a vanilla ice type on a, uh, <laughs> a rap video by the group Third Base. Oh yeah, called Pop Goes the Weasel. Surf, Pop Goes the Weasel. I yeah, love that yeah, song. Yeah. And they just beat the crap out of Henry Rollins. He's eyes. He's great. We sort of talked over the last verse, but in the last verse, their TV breaks and they can't watch TV. Anymore. Is that why they're singing No TV Party? Yeah. And they're singing sad. it sad, too. Yeah. Aww. Aww. Yeah. <laughs> they're sort of... Now, here's the thing about TV Party. I get that it's a joke, but I unironically agree with the sentiment. Yes. Like, yes, I would much rather just stay in and watch TV. I don't want to go out into the world. Yeah. It's scary out there. Yes. It is scary. But it, I don't need. But you also like the. They music. didn't even have Netflix yet. <laughs> yeah, how they live? They couldn't binge watch. No. They had to do one episode at a time. But you also you you appreciate and love the the sound. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I really do. <laughs> <laughs> but they're not always funny that way. But yes. But you know, even when they had a sense of humor, it was that snotty sort of like, yeah. Oh, you don't live your lives to the fullest the way that we do. <laughs> That's very. Henry Rollins, especially young Henry Rollins. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, okay, this next clip is when we did the Rebel Girls mm-hmm. episode, we watched the trailer for The Punk Singer, which was a, a documentary yes. about Kathleen Hanna from Bikini Kiss. Yes. So I want to watch this next clip, which is an actual like four minute or so clip from the documentary mm-hmm. that sort of presents the idea of Riot Girl in a little bit more of a specific way than the trailer did and talks about kind of what they were trying to achieve and the Riot Girl aesthetic of punk. I kind of wished that I'd shown this on that episode instead yeah. of the trailer, so I'm making up for it now. Sure. So we'll watch this. Okay, yeah, I remember this. She was just screaming at the top of her lungs. There's veins sticking out right Again, I remember you saying the music is totally not your taste. Yes. But you did find the trailer interesting. Yes, So definitely. I'm hoping you'll find this. Yes. And this is the, what time frame is this? 91, 92. 91, that's right. Yeah. yeah. The Riot Girl became a thing around the same time as grunge. Yes. Yeah. That I do remember. So, and we can keep playing for seconds. There was, was no... the first time I... Well, there was no real female punk band... Until the Riot Girl movement? I mean, there were. There was, um, like, an all-female lineup. You or had just a, or even a female the uh, slits. front woman. Uh, we the had slits. X-ray specs, because we watched oh, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Kylie Styrene. Yeah. Very... I guess the plasmatics, you would call Sure. Okay. Yeah, they had uh, Wendy O. Williams out front. You had Susie and the Banshees. See, now, would you call them... Pun- I guess I... Yeah. I always consider them, like, kind of... They sort of wave, went goth, from punk to post-punk to new wave and goth. They yeah. sort of... Tread okay. all of that. Were, were they early? Was early Susie punk? Or yeah, I mean, they're definitely part of the scene. Okay. Yeah. Um, you had the raincoats early on, which were an early influence on Riot Girl later. Okay. Um, so, yeah, there were um, examples mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. Um, but 
Riot Girl was really like a movement mm. about female empowerment more than like those were punk bands with women in them. Yeah. But Riot Girl itself was more of a political movement and bands were involved with it. Okay. So it's used as both <clears throat> the name of the subgenre of punk, yes. but it's also the name of the political movement, movement. Okay. Uh, outside of yeah. the music too. Seeing a woman on stage completely angry, aggressive, doing stuff that you kind of see guys do. And... That's Alison Wolf. She's the lead singer of Bratmobile, which is another Riot Girl band, and that's she's a, awesome. That's a great name. It's for a, a great band. name. Jesus yeah, yeah, Christ, yeah. that's a great name for a band. Yeah. Somebody had to be Bikini Kill. Like it had to happen, or else we would all have starved to death culturally. <laughs> it had to happen, and there they were. That's great. Yeah. Girls to the front. That is. The I mean, that's what it was about being like confrontational yeah. and demanding uh, space. Yeah, which is great. Yeah. That never happened before. Men could be in the room, but men could never dominate the room. It was a flip of the script that blew people's minds. Who's that? Who's that? That is. I think her name is Anne something. She's, she's a rock name. journalist. Okay, and she, that's why. She, she like, about. Legs McNeil turns up in any of those, like, Talking Heads, that's MTV, and yeah. VH1, like, docuseries. Yes. So, you, yeah. yeah, she's in all those things. All of that incredibly rich stuff that made punk what it was had just been tamped down by the boy mosh pit, you know? Mm. Right when Bikini Kill started. Right when grunge was, like, going off the hook. Because, right you know, was I was aware of... I was a little bit aware of... Well, I was aware of grunge and all mm-hmm. that stuff. I wasn't that aware of Riot Girl movement when it was up. And, yeah. and I was like... Well, you, were doing a, you were doing a different thing. I was... Uh, you were in college at the time, so you would have... You could have accessed it, but... I, could, I, was, I was too busy <laughs> listening to CNC Music Factory. Sure. <laughs> So was I, <laughs> but I was nine. Yeah, so, you had a better reason than I did. I was in fourth grade, and like girls in my class would do dance routines to house music. Oh yeah, man, we would have. You house- were in college, and you would do dance routines yes, to house music. That's right. I would have dance offs to house music. Look, but, I'm not judging you. You don't have to. That's super cool. Oh yeah, it was great. Uh, I can't dance. <laughs> I can barely bend. <laughs> And uh, I also like CNC Music Factory. So they're, they're fantastic. Look, I have eclectic taste. You do have more so eclectic taste about. than me. It was a wild scene. And it was very physical, violent, like all the moshing and all that stuff. These young women who, want, who wanted to be a part of the scene, like physically wanted to go to these shows, wanted to get into this punk rock scene. We physically were getting shoved. That's really interesting. Shows a lot of times when the guys would get really out of control and start like beating everybody up. The more girls up front, the better. And if anybody is fucking with you at this show because of certain reasons, and you need to come up front, come up front and sit on the stage and get away from them and let us know because it shouldn't just be one person in the crowd's responsibility to deal with fuckers. <laughs> <laughs> one, two, three, four. That's fucking cool. Yeah. 
guys were trying to be us up and stuff, you know, like, it was really violent, and we just play these crazy places. Like, That's Toby from Bikini Kill. Oh, okay. He was Kurt Cobain's girlfriend. Oh, okay. You know, bowling alleys, and they cram, like, 600 people oh, wow. and stuff, you know, no security. I mean, they're pretty fucking fearless. Yeah, like in the middle of the song, she's dealing with some fucking grabby dude in the front. Right? But she's still singing. That's great. Yeah. She didn't stop the show. She's like, fuck you, I'm going to do this through yeah. song. That's Between cool. lines, she's telling some guy, get out. Yeah. Untune and in rhythm. Mm-hmm. That's great. We needed to be protected. And I felt like if there was a row of girls in front of them, I would be safe. So they're in there showing um, a flyer from a show. That says, at this show, we ask that girls slash women stand near the front by the stage. Please allow and encourage this to happen. This is an experiment. So that was just the the name of the book that's the oral history of Riot Girls called Girls to the Front. Oh, okay. Because that was their thing of like, you get priority. Yeah. You get to come up front and enjoy the show. And if anyone has a problem with that, they can fucking leave. Yeah. That's, yeah. There physically was not the space for young women to be safe at these shows. And that was a huge part of what Kathleen did, was to say that's unacceptable. You know, we got a fucking right to be hostile, and I'm not going to sit around and be peace and love with somebody fucking free on my neck. <laughs> She's the best. Yeah, wow. Pick up the gentle hint. We're going to fucking very clearly direct you as to what to do. <laughs> That's cool. Bye, fucker. <laughs> That's really cool. Those kind of orders to come from that size of a person, that gender of a person, in a fucking dress. I think it's a problem because most of the girls ask for it. How do they ask for it? The way they act, the way they. I can't say the way they dress because that's an own personal choice. Oh my god. I wonder what the. I don't know if people listening to the podcast could hear what was just said, but in some context, Kathleen was asking a dude. Yeah. Like, how do you. Why do you think women are asking for it? Yeah. If they're dressing a certain way. And he's saying, oh, well, you're. Like, he tries to hedge. Yeah. He's like, like, I can't say they're asking for it because of how they dress, because you're allowed to wear whatever you want. But some of these dumb hoes and butt rocker yeah. chicks are asking for, for it. For how they act. And, and I don't know if she was like talking to a dude in the crowd during the show. That's what it like, sounded like. They're they're playing this audio clip over some static photos, so we don't get the context under which she was asking that yeah. question. But it's like, who is this fucking no. asshole? Those were less woke times. Just, Not that things have improved a lot. No. Um, if anything, guys dumb. have just gotten better at like hiding their true yeah. feelings and and paying lip service. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's a bummer that this clip ends with that dude's thoughts. <laughs> yeah. But the rest of the clip kicks. Yeah. Ass. That, she's great. She is awesome. Wow. Okay, we have one clip left. Yes. You saved the best. The best. <laughs> okay. Uh, when we looked at the plasmatics. Yes. You were pretty disturbed. Yeah. I commented that I wasn't sure where we could go from there. But you found a way. There is one more step (laughs) on the ladder, I think. Yeah. Uh, We're going to reckon with Gigi Allen. Who I only know that name. I don't know anything about. Vaguely by reputation. Yes. Gigi Allen, who's 
birth name was Jesus Christ Allen. Well, there's right there. That's yeah. Um, he was raised in rural New Hampshire by religious fanatics. Oh, he got the name Gigi because his younger brother couldn't pronounce Jesus correctly, mm-hmm. and so would call him Gigi. Mm-hmm. Uh, but his parents named him Jesus Christ Allen because his dad said his son was going to be a uh, man, a respected man, just like Jesus. Well, who would Dad. speak to the masses, and he kind of wasn't wrong. He wasn't far off. But but, but it was direction. it was it was um, fundamentally religious in an abusive way. Yeah, uh, I think the Allen boys didn't have a great childhood, mm-hmm. and Gigi Allen, for people who aren't familiar with him, was a pretty profoundly disturbed individual. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's a silly man, um, silly whimsy man. I think a lot of people don't know his music, but they know him by reputation for a few things. He was infamous for performing naked, uh, shitting on stage, eating his own shit on stage, and like smearing it all over himself and cutting himself. So he frequently performed covered in his own shit and blood. Mm -hmm. And like aggressively, physically confronting audience members, like shoving and punching Mm -hmm. people while he was covered in his own shit and blood. And... uh, Performing songs like I have a list of some of his songs, some of some of which I'm honestly not even comfortable saying out loud <laughs> yeah. into a microphone. Uh, but there's uh, "Sluts in the City," "Scumfuck Tradition," "Needle Up My Cock." These are the ones I am comfortable saying. <laughs> I want to piss on you. That's a great song. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not going to say that one. <laughs> Not gonna say that one. Ass face, Uh, dagger in my heart. That's like almost like a love song, probably. You'll never taste the nicest one. There's a great G.G. Allen cover EP where he's called Rated G.G. Where people did cleaned up versions of his song. So like, instead of sluts in the city, it's friends in the city. (laughs) Instead of shove that warrant up your ass, it's plead me to a lesser charge. (laughs) So. Yeah, so Gigi Allen is sort of more infamous for his behavior yes. and antics. He also went on a lot of talk shows like Maury Povich and oh, Jenny I Jones and was bet. just like a character. Yes. But he's really not putting it on. Like he was yes. a fucked up, dark individual. Did you like his music? Yes. Okay. I genuinely like his music. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's pretty confrontational. Yeah. And some of it's better than others. His, his band uh, that... We're, and just so, just to get to the point, we're going to watch a live video and we're going to watch him do the things I described. Yes. So anyone who wants to go to musicraygun.com slash playlist <laughs> to watch this, it will be there. But this episode is rated not even a hard R, but like a hard NC-17. Yeah. yeah. Just for this little one, yeah. Um, but it's good punk music. There you but Gigi Allen and the Murder Junkies, that was the name of his band, uh, featuring his brother Merle on bass. Wow. Uh was not his first band. Earlier in, in the 80s, he performed with a band called The Jabbers, which were still pretty, um, not quite as nihilistic as he mm. would get, but like more tuneful, still punk, yeah, and still aggressive and violent, but more tuneful and poppy. But he just kind of went off the rails over <laughs> yeah. the years. And I feel, there's a part of me that feels gross watching him because it's almost like watching like a sideshow. Like he's yeah. like a geek biting the heads off of chickens. Mm-hmm. And you're kind of like... I'm watching this spectacle for entertainment, but, like, nobody's getting this person the help that he needs. Yeah. And I'm complicit in it. Yeah. Uh, He died in 93 of a heroin overdose, so he's been gone for a while. Yeah. 
What Gigi passed on. Gigi passed on. As they joke on uh, Tom Sharpling's show. Anytime they mention Gigi Allen, they'll go, he passed on. He he was a singer and he passed on. He was a singer and he passed on. That's great. What time frame is this that we're seeing? This is probably around 92 or 93, not long before he died. Okay. When when was his antics at its peak? Was it like that? I would say around that. No, in the early 90s. Okay. Not long before he died. Oh, wow. Um, Before he passed on. Before he passed on. Yeah. Even even at the time as a young kid, I remember being vaguely aware of him. I think I probably first heard of him when he died. Mm-hmm. Cuz it was sort of big news. Did then. someone turn you on to the his music or No, just, just like everything else, it. I just kind of looked into it for myself okay. in college. Um so let's just get to it. We're going to watch GD GG do his classic hit, classic. "Bite It You Scum." Uh it's to be the first time I've ever seen a heard this. This is really good music. This is not the song. This is just a little uh, overlay at the at the pre-roll for the okay. video. It's also, it's also maybe worth mentioning for a guy who is so eager to perform nude, Gigi is not particularly well endowed. <laughs> well, good for him for not caring. Right. I mean, this is. Okay. What? This is utterly frightening. (laughs) This is utterly frightening. It's very confrontational by design. Like, literally, he jumped... The the naked thing, that's fine. Yeah. Uh, But, like, he just got in someone's face and punched him in the face. Mm -hmm. I'm not even sure there was a reason. No, he doesn't need a reason. He did. Like I don't think he's that, Gigi Allen. That's the fucking that's reason. reason. Like it wasn't like the 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 fam was like talking shitter in his face. No, he just ran up and punched him. Yeah, and it's like an honor to get punched. I was like, thank you. If sir. you look at those dudes at the front, they are delighted yeah. by this. They can't believe it's like they're at church. <laughs> oh boy, let's keep which going. is why Gigi's dad's weird prophecy kind of came true. Yeah, I mean his dad was was yeah. pretty on the money. By the way, if you didn't catch the lyrics through Gigi's Pokemon. Word he's saying. The first two lines are, you want me to kiss your ass? Well, bend over, buddy. Here comes my foot. <laughs> doesn't rhyme. Not, no. exactly, not a rhyming couplet. That but doesn't have to. Pretty kick-ass lyrics. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know what he's saying. I will actually get this stuck in my head. Like, this is an earworm for me. Oh, my God. I mean, there's a guy in the front who knows exactly the, every line. Now, he... It seems... It's all a little chaotic, because this yeah. is just obviously shot by someone with, like, a camcorder. Yeah. But it seems to me, at this point, he has gone into the audience, taken something that belongs to someone... Brought it to the stage, although I say stage in quotation marks because he's just sort of performing on the floor. Yeah. And he's like squatting on it and kind of rubbing his ass and his balls on it. And then someone comes up, presumably the owner of whatever it is he took, and like pushes Gigi and takes his whatever it is back. Because the audience would punch him just as much as he would punch him. And he was fine. They'll just run up to him and sock him. Wow. I mean, 
Gigi is about to defecate. Which is... How do you do that, like... Honestly, it's like a talent, I think. Yeah, you have to be able to be like, here's the moment <laughs> where I'm going to take a dump. Yeah. I mean, it's... In front of dozens yeah, of people. Yeah. While you're singing a song. Yeah. And I like, mean, presumably remembering the lyrics. That's shit. a lot. <laughs> Gigi's brain worked differently. I, I mean, I, on some level, I'm like, I gotta admire that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I certainly couldn't do this. Yeah, and it wasn't like a thing that he did once in his famous four, like Ozzy biting the head off yeah. of that. This is a thing that he would do. This is what shows. he's known for. This yeah, is yeah. his showstopper. In fact, if you look at the title of the video on YouTube, it's GG Allen hyphen bite it, you scum, parentheses, <laughs> live with shit. <laughs> Which is, <laughs> yes. Yeah. I mean, he's been dead for almost 25 years. Yeah. I don't think anything's come close to being more punk rock than this. No. Like this, I don't think rock and roll in general can get more rebellious than this. I think Gigi Allen is the peak. No, it doesn't get any. Anyone else who's trying to be a rebel yeah. is failing in comparison. Yes. Who not only would do these things, but would boast about like being a pedophile and a rapist. And wow. I don't know if he actually was those things. Yeah. But he would, like, when he'd go on Maury Povich, he'd, like, boast yeah. about that kind of stuff to just be outrageous. Yeah. Um, so, you know, he, yeah, I murder people. You know, there's, yeah. there's, there's nowhere else to go. No, there is no. And in terms of live performance, I don't think there's anything, any, anywhere else to go from shitting on stage other than, like, if you were to murder somebody in the audience, Was, which is not. Yeah. <laughs> was he arrested for any of this? Oh, he was arrested constantly. Okay. He will get arrested at the end of this clip. That's, okay. I figured, I'm pretty sure this is... His shows thing. were like two or three songs and then the cops would come. Wow. Yeah. So now he's kneeling down over his own... Well, you can't actually see... You can't see that. It's yeah. too dark and blurry to have yeah. seen what he's done, but you can yeah. tell from his squatting you position what the, he's done. You get the gist. And you'll see it when he smears it all over. Yeah. I just want to say a uh, little, you know, inside baseball. I cleared this with Kirk before the show. <laughs> you did. I asked you if you wanted to watch and this I and you were okay. like, sure, let's do it. But yes. the look on your face yeah, right now, now is one of regret. Because now I know what's coming. And now I'm like, oh, <laughs> why did I say sure? I gave you the option to yep. not, yep. to not deal with this. Yeah. I have to live with this now. <laughs> oh, he is now, he appears to be eating it, although he may just be shoving his face in it. Yeah, it might be just shoving his face in it, but that's, like, that's still okay. <laughs> like, no, it's not eating He's it. only face planting. That's Merle. That's his brother oh, okay. Merle. Okay. All right. <laughs> uh, the band's just like, I'm, we're, we're just playing. Yeah. So now he's, oh, now he's, yeah. Yeah, now I look away. And he's throwing it into the audience. Oh. Oh, his face. Yeah, face in his, yeah. And let's just say that there's a lot on his face. Yeah. I think now he's uh, masturbating with it. Yeah, I think he's simulating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's classic. <laughs> he's not really doing it. 
How is he not throwing it up? He is not a mentally healthy person. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you look like you're going to throw yeah, up. Yeah, I'm, I'm uncomfortable now. <laughs> I was fine until this moment. Well, I would venture to say, Kirk, that G.G. Allen didn't intend for you to be comfortable. <laughs> it's true. That's not his goal. That's not his end game. <laughs> that guy looks like you. Yeah. Like he's bobbing yeah. his head, like yeah. he's going through the motions of rocking out to the music. But the look on his face yeah. is like, what am I doing with he, my life? He is that kid who's like, yeah, I'll go to fucking Gigi show. Now he's <laughs> kind of wiping out, like going, I just want to call my mom yeah. and go home. Yep. I just want to call my mom and go home. <laughs> That's oh. the Gigi Allen effect. <laughs> yeah, it's the Gigi Allen effect. I will for the next couple of days be going through my day like bite it. <laughs> just, just kind of working and going through it. Mm-hmm. Oh my god. Now that dude is just playing all into it. Yeah, that guy's that guy's a big fan. Hey, oh here, here, here. okay, alright. Cops are here. Yeah, cops are here. <laughs> <laughs> Merle's like, ugh, every time. He's like, again. Every time. <laughs> We're just getting in a groove, man. Wow. wow. They love him. So he died not long after that at the age of 36. Wow. I was lucky enough a couple of years ago for my birthday. To visit the Hollywood Museum of Death, mm-hmm. which is right around the corner from my apartment here in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. And at the time, I don't think it's a permanent installation, but there was an entire room at the Museum of Death dedicated to Gigi Allen. Really? Yes. Merle, like, donated, I think, just temporarily a lot okay. of Gigi Allen stuff. One of, the, one of the artifacts was, like, a survey questionnaire that Gigi had to, like, a psych evaluation that he had to <laughs> fill out when yeah. he was in prison. So I was able to read that. Oh god, it must have been. There was a lock of G- of Gigi's pubes. Okay, sure. On display, Solid. so it was pretty close to Gigi Allen's pubic hair. <laughs> wow. Um a lot of his clothes on like Gigi mannequins and stuff. Yeah. But I went to the museum of my death uh, the museum of death for my birthday because there's something I, you know, it's it's yeah. close to me in Hollywood and it's a tourist thing that I'd wanted to do yeah. for a while. I had no idea Going into it, that there was all this Gigi Allen stuff oh, there. Oh, so it was like a delightful surprise. It was for a surprise. You. It was a birthday surprise. Uh. It was. I was beaming. I could feel <laughs> like the type of smiling that doesn't go away, and then your face starts to hurt. Yeah. I was like, oh my god, all this Gigi Allen stuff. That's so funny. So this was the punk episode, and I felt like if we're ever going to deal with Gigi Allen, um. This this should be when yeah this is the only time I still low key kind of want to do a all GG episode. <laughs> you can do that with Katie Willer. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we can listen to Friends in the City. <laughs> yes. And, uh, there's a great version of this video um, that's blurred out and and overdubbed as someone's like Disneyfied version of Bite at You Scum. Oh, that's pretty funny. Yeah, that's funny. Um, so yeah, not easy to watch no. by any means. Um, and I put it toward the end of the episode, but I didn't want to make it the very last thing because yeah. <laughs> that's sort of hard to go out on. Sure. 
So we're gonna watch a comedy sketch as our last. Yeah, yeah, yeah. our last. We'll clip. cleanse ourselves. Yeah, yeah. Like GD didn't bother to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is a sketch that was on Saturday Night Live a few years ago when Margaret Thatcher died. Okay. I don't know if you've seen this or not. Probably. Um, I'm trying to think. It's. Oh, it's oh, a God, it's a Fred Armisen piece. It's yeah. sort of like a proto documentary now thing. Yes, where this sketch is a clip from a fake history of punk documentary, mm-hmm. where they talk about a fictional band called Ian Rubbish and the Bizarros. <laughs> I do remember this, but I've not seen this since it came out. It's really yeah. good, and like. He, you know, he looks like Johnny Ron. They do songs that are yeah. clear clash parodies. They do like a Billy Bragg parody. It's a great sort of umbrella punk tribute. Yeah. Uh, so I thought this would be, and it's it's oddly kind of heartwarming. And it's uh, I thought a good exit. Yes. So we'll watch this SNL sketch. <laughs> Tonight on history of punk, Ian Rubbish and the Bizarros. It really is a documentary now. Well, I don't, Fred Armisen was a punk rock guy before yeah. he was a comedian. He yeah. was in a band called Trenchmouth, and he's a huge music nerd. Yes. And he does, like, we've looked at his Talking Heads thing, yeah. and, and and we looked at uh, uh, the Blue Jean Committee, yeah. and he does these, Blue Jean Committee. On, like, perfect style it's parodies. so spot on. And you can tell he, he loves all this music. Yeah. Um, but he's definitely a punk guy, so this this one is really good. Rubbish and the Bizarros. That's the actual no, Steve Jones okay, yeah. that we saw earlier giving shit to Bill Grundy. That's right. Yeah. Unbelievable. I joined the Bizarros because in all of punk music, there was no one angrier than Ian Rubbish. That's a Clash song. Oh, I mean, not a. It's a no, but it sounds like it's, yeah. they're doing the Clash, yeah. Prime Minister, and I remember thinking, God, I haters. said, Look out, Margaret Thatcher. So good. You're about to get rubbished. Attention, attention. I've got a message for you about your <laughs> Prime Minister. <laughs> One, two, three, four. Hey, Maggie, that's how you're alive. <laughs> Thanks to you, I sleep and I. thought he was being ironic. It was a joke. It turned out he just really liked her. Yeah, it was hard for the rest of us, you know, because at the time, no self-respecting pop band was singing pro-Thatcher songs. And what do you think about? So this is this is this is them on today with Bill Bill Grundy, which is great. Yeah. The police, bunch of bullies, aren't they? <laughs> Thugs. I wouldn't mind being at that funeral. And you've been very outspoken about the Queen. Is she a Queen? Yeah, I, I find her to be a silly, stupid cow. <laughs> <laughs> and what are your feelings on Miss Thatcher? Uh, I like her. <laughs> face, willing to make the high choices. Uh, I respect that. I think she's a. <laughs> oh, wait. It's the Prime Minister you're talking about. Big decent. <laughs> that is pure Johnny Rotten. Big decent. That's great. <laughs> oh, yeah? Right? Then move. Leave. Have a 
have another country take you in, I don't want to do it. You know why? Because you're a parasite that sucks off the spouse. No way, sir. Come on. Take it easy. No, no why take it? Take it easy is what put this country to the decline. <laughs> Things were bad. But it got worse when we started playing our songs live. I suppose you could do a better job of running the country. So it works every day of the week. <laughs> it works every day of the week. Losing <laughs> Saturday. Yeah, we had to ask him to leave the group. Uh, he tried to make a comeback with Living in the Gutter. You remember that one? If you're looking for me, I'll tell you where I'll be. Living in the gutter. Yeah, it was great. Right? It was his classic Ian, you know. I thought he was back, you know. But then I listened to the B-side. <laughs> this is this is pure Billy Bragg right here. Oh, okay, okay. Yes. You killed a few, they won't be missed. Let's go for a drive. When I'm with you, I feel alive. <laughs> Nigel Smythe Pennington, <laughs> former secretary to Margaret Thatcher. Oh, that's great. The secretary, and whenever she was down, she'd listen to Ian Rubbish. That's his funny. music led the world to her. <laughs> when she was pushed out of office in 91, she invited him for tea. And um, well, that was the happiest I'd ever seen. Her. I remember saying to him once, I said, she's just an awful person. You know, what's her appeal, mate? And he just looked at me, and he said, she reminds me of my mum. <laughs> there you have it. <laughs> yeah, I'll miss her. She wasn't perfect, you know, but who of us are? <laughs> I'll tell you one thing, though. She's spot on right about the Euro, and don't you forget it. <laughs> <laughs> Good lady, yeah. Very nice. Indeed. <laughs> uh, <laughs> a little tribute to Margaret Thatcher. Margaret Thatcher. Oh, that made me feel better. Yeah, I was going. I was going to end on "Bite It, You Scum" and then just leave it like, no, that's it. But that would that, that would have been mean. No. Yeah. I'm glad you did. But uh, but we had to we had to reckon with we had to reckon with Gigi. Yeah, yeah. and we reckoned well with Saturday Night Live. Well, that's that's it for this episode. All right. Uh, if you want to follow us on social media, we're on Twitter and Facebook, where our handle is Music Raygun. And like I said at the top of the show, we're on Instagram now, Music Raygun Podcast, all one word. And it's really cool photos. Yeah, I thank you, thank you. There they are. Yeah, I like Just, a lot of I our mean, stuff. Our show is weirdly visual for a podcast, yeah. so it's easy to come up with stuff to. Uh, put in, in an Instagram. Yeah, love Clip, it. clips from the videos and some album sleeves and yeah, some cool some little covers, artifacts yeah, on there. Really good art on there. Yeah. Maybe if I can find a picture someone's taken of Gigi Allen's pubes, then I can put it on Instagram for this episode. I'm begging you not to. <laughs> for my uh, sanity. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so follow us on social media. Uh, please write a review for us uh, yes, on please. iTunes, or I guess now they call it Apple Podcasts or whatever it is. Or if you use Stitcher, wherever you get the podcast, if you could write a review for us, that would help. Yep. Um, and and email us at musicraygun at gmail.com. Yes. Uh, We'd love to hear from you. Yes. 
I would love to hear from a stranger. <laughs> we get emails from Uncle Mark, uh, occasionally from my friend Tyler. Mm-hmm. Um, my parents and a few friends talk to me about the show. Yep. I would love to hear from someone that I don't know and that and, and who Kirk doesn't know. <laughs> Just to say, we listen to your show and I think it sucks. Even if you think it sucks. Oh yeah, please. Tell us. Tell us how we can improve. Here's, here's what I want to hear, but I want it to be true. What? I want someone who's listened to every episode of the show until now, and then because of the G.G. Allen clip, they're like, I'm done with music right now. Oh, that's me. <laughs> this is the oh, last oh, okay. one. I didn't realize this yeah. was our last episode. This is our last episode. Well, it's been 15 <laughs> great apps that I hope will live on forever. Like like the honeymooners. <laughs> yes. Uh, but until next time, that's it. See ya. Bye-bye.